0: You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. If we knew that we were going to meet the Savior, that trumpet was going to sound. I'm not saying that we knew that our life was going to end and uh, that, that we were going to have sickness or a car wreck or any of those things. I'm saying we knew that the Lord is coming back. How would we live different? Skip skip down, if you would, to 2 Thessalonians. Go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. Let's look at verse number 1. We'll read those first 10 verses. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. Now we beseech you, uh, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him. So He is talking about the Savior's return. All right, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there be there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was with you, was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withhold, uh, what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let. Until he be taken out of the way. And when that wicked shall be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. First Timothy chapter four and verse number one. I'll just read this to you uh, through verse 3. Now the Spirit speaketh it expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. So, how does stewardship tie in with, with uh, the last days? Uh, because uh, stewardship, uh, there, there is going to be a part of the church. There are going to be believers that are going to fall away. 2 Thessalonians 2 3. Some of them are going to depart from the faith. Uh, these are all things that God is telling us are going to happen. It isn't a what-if. This is, this is something that is going to happen. And let me tell you, you look around in churches today, and it looks like we're, we are there. It looks like there is, there is an apathy that is settling in in churches. And it was before COVID that that was settling in. Uh, but there is also an apathy that now uh, it is... It is an apathy about the things of God. You would think that a pandemic would cause people to to run to God. It would cause them to recognize the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the frailty of life, but it has not done that. It has caused them to act in fear, but not in fear of God. And even believers. Stewardship is vital, it's vital, it's vital because we have to recognize who we belong to, we have to recognize who owns everything that we own, and we have to recognize that I am here to take care of God's business. You know, as a pastor, I am not the only one that is in charge of taking care of God's business. As a believer, there is a responsibility that you carry. You're a steward. You are to be taking care of God's business. We, are, we have a weight on our shoulders. And, and it is a weight of responsibility, but that weight of responsibility is also a great opportunity. It's an opportunity to do something for the Lord. And you and I have got this opportunity, but what are we going to do with it? So stewardship uh, ties in uh, to, uh, to, the, uh, to the, uh, the believer in these days because of uh, the importance uh, the Lord is at hand. So go to Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter 6. I don't even know if I'm going to get to my message tonight. Uh, but uh, Matthew chapter number 6. And, and when we think about uh, the importance of us recognizing uh, what God has given to us, uh, we, we, we realize that we've got to guard ourselves. We've got to make sure being a steward is being accountable. There's an accountability, and the accountability ultimately is God. But you know what? If I am a good steward... I am accountable to those that are around me. Because you know, a steward, it wasn't just about them making a decision. Their decisions impacted so many different people. Think about about Joseph's decisions as a steward. His decisions as a steward did not just affect him. They affected an entire nation. They They affected uh, multiple nations that were drawn to Egypt uh, because of the decision. So uh, there are are decisions, there's accountability, it's there. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 19, the Bible says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasures treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's read that verse 21 together. You ready? For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's read that again. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. God doesn't say that your treasure will follow your heart. God says your heart will follow your treasure. And you and I have got to make sure in our stewardship that we are prioritizing the things of God. We are recognizing that my life belongs to God, my possessions belong to God, my time belongs to God, my talents belong to God. And I've got to make sure that I am prioritizing them for His honor, for His glory, uh, and whether or not I want to or not well, you know, my heart's just not in it, so I'm not going to. And God says, no, that's not how it works. God says where your treasure is, your heart will follow. You know, I, was, I, has, I have never been anybody that followed the stock market. Who cares? I mean, the stocks go up, fine. Stocks go down. Who cares? It wasn't affecting me. I didn't have a 401K, and I didn't have stocks, so it did not affect me one bit. But you know what, when I invested in some stocks, guess what, and I hear that the stock market was going up, it just put a smile on your face. When you hear the stock market's going down, it's like, uh uh-oh. It affects you. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It is a it's a principle that God has does, he knows, He knows how we tick. And he says, Listen, don't lay, up, don't lay up for yourselves treasures down here. I'm not talking about, God's not talking about being a good steward and saving. God is saying, down here should not be your, your focus. It's not the temporal, it's the eternal. You look at you look at people. Uh, I think if we're not careful, we can make it out as if if we have a savings and we have uh, financial plans that that is that is laying up for yourselves treasures upon earth. That is not. I I don't believe that that is what God is teaching us here. Uh, when we look at uh, we look at people in the scriptures, you will see that they had houses, they had possessions, they had uh, land, they had flocks, they had uh, herds. Uh, what were th- these? Were all things that. Uh, were their wealth, that was how they, uh, how they would survive down here. Uh, here, I think the Lord is just teaching us that that should not be our focus. What should be our focus is using what God has given us for His honor and glory. And so here, when we think about stewardship, uh, we want to make sure that our stewardship mentality is right. We have to protect our heart. For where our treasure is, there will our heart be also. We have to protect us from us. Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And we've got to guard our heart. We've got to keep our heart. So stewardship, uh, the managing of someone else's finances, resources, or affairs, uh, when people uh, do not properly take care of that, we start looking at it, and it's usually criminal. It's called misappropriation of funds. That's criminal. That's something that you can be prosecuted over. You think about that, It's called embezzlement. When we are not managing somebody else's affairs properly, there are are guidelines that are there. You know, when we think about this area of stewardship, I wonder how God looks at us with what He has entrusted us with. What What is His view of accounting if you would so so here when we look at first Peter chapter 4 back to our text the end of all things is at hand be therefore sober and watch under prayer and above all things have spirit, uh, fervent charity among yourselves for charity uh, shall cover a multitude of sins use hospitality one to another without grudging So here we have looked at the interrogatives of stewardship, and the interrogatives are the questions, and so we looked at the who of stewardship, we've looked at the what of stewardship, we've looked at the when of stewardship, and tonight we're going to look at the where of stewardship, the where of stewardship, W-H-E-R-E, not W-E-A-R. All right, and so the wear of stewardship, and let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Uh, May our minds, our hearts be challenged. I pray that you would bring to uh, the forefront of our minds, Lord, areas that uh, we need to adjust and help us, Lord, to, to honor you with. Uh, our lives and with our substance and with uh, the 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 time and talents and all that you have given to us, help us to use them for your honor and glory. So help us this evening, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. So here, when we look at this verse, uh, because of uh, the 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 that that the end is at hand. Uh, Because of that, uh, he says in verse number seven, uh, he says, but the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober, watch unto prayer. And above all things have fervent, charity so the where of stewardship uh, here we first of all I want you to see that there is a necessity of charity the where uh, you know charity is is given charity is something uh, that when we look at it we look at charities and we think about nonprofits and we think about starving children and we think about uh, missions and we think about all these different homeless programs and and a charity uh, that, something that's that is uh, promoted to do do something good for people. Uh, But the word charity in the scripture is literally a word that is just talking about love. And so uh, when you think about uh, having fervent charity, here the Lord is talking about us loving one another. And you know what? When we say, "Where, where am I supposed to be a good steward? I am supposed to be a good steward everywhere I go. I'm supposed to be a good steward uh, all the time because as we are engaging with people, there are people that have need of love. Above all things, uh, verse 7, uh, that word above means before uh, all. It means each, any, every, the whole. He says above all things, have fervent charity. Uh, to, to have fervent, it means without ceasing. It means continuously. It means constantly. It means eagerly so have fervent charity. Now the word charity there is the word uh, agape. It is that love. It is that deep abiding. It's a godly love. It is a it is a uh, It is a sincere love. Uh, it shows esteem. It shows regard. It shows affection. And this is a godly love. It's not a selfish love. And so when we think about uh, have fervent charity, where am I supposed to be a good steward? I am supposed to be a good steward with everybody that I connect with it's not just about dropping something in the offering plate and saying okay i'm good i'm done Uh, fervent charity uh, that is dealing with the interactions of people and making sure that we are loving and caring Uh, we look at uh, the the love love is giving and when you think about charity, charity is always tied up in giving. And we think about uh, love and charity, it is because that, or that, that love or giving, is tie, that love is tied to giving. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That love results in giving. It results in giving. Now, today was uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, I didn't give Mrs. Brown anything for Valentine's Day. I gave her stuff throughout the week for Valentine's Day, but I didn't. I didn't give her anything today. And uh, but but and she she gave me this card and she gave me uh, some nice snacks and and I was like, well, I didn't get you a card. <laughs> and uh, but but throughout the week I had given her some things and uh, but you know love is giving. There is no way to love without giving. And when when we do not love others, we won't give. And not only will we not give, we will reveal who we love because we will keep it for us. We will keep it right in our own Area, if you would. So, love and giving. Uh, John fifteen thirteen. The Bible says, "Greater love hath no man than this, than that a man would live, uh, lay down his life for his friends." Uh, so, when you love, you give. So, being charitable with, uh, generous with the steward of, uh, we are to be to have fervent charity. And so, that fervent charity is that we are going to consistently constantly eagerly uh, showing love where everywhere there's people Everywhere there's people. I am supposed to be a steward of love. Uh, I am supposed to be, be showing uh, that love. Uh, time. When you give somebody your time, you are giving them your life. When you go to help somebody, you are giving uh, of yourself. Maybe you have some talents and some abilities. Uh, you are being charitable. You are, you are coming alongside helping somebody. Uh, fervent charity. Uh, Pastor and Mrs. Callahan bought, just bought a house. And we've got some of our members been going over and working at that house, trying to get things cleaned up and make some, uh, do some remodeling for them. And What is that? That is just showing charity. That is just showing love. That's just uh, being a good steward to help people around us. You know, all of us should be continually uh, being charitable, uh, fervent above all things. Have fervent charity among yourselves. You know, the love of Christ ought to impact us that people are seeing our love. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one toward another. So if we are not having fervent charity among ourselves, we are not being a good steward. You say, well, pastor, I put in my tithe. That's one part of it. I put in an offering. Good, praise the Lord. That's one part of it. But what about fervent charity? What what about the people that are around you? What, What about the the needs that people have? What about just the the love that somebody desires? Just having somebody care. You know, uh, here he says, above all uh, things, have fervent charity among yourselves. Uh, so uh, he, what, what can we do to have fervent charity among ourselves? Uh, what about complimenting people? What, what about being encouraging, coming alongside and just encouraging somebody? That's being, that's being a good steward. You know, you and I can be a steward with our words. We will be accountable for our words. The Bible tells us that we will give an account for every idle word. So, so with that, uh, we can use our uh, our compliments. We can use encouraging words. Proverbs fifteen eleven: A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. It is it is something to be uh, admired. It is something to be valued. It's something to be treasured. And you and I, we we should be charitable among ourselves. We should be giving uh, uh, in our in our own interactions with people. Uh, compliments and encouragement we ought to be edifying one another what is that? that is being a steward, Uh, you have received something, Uh, when am I supposed to be a steward? Uh, as we receive, so you receive a truth, what should you do with that? you should help somebody else, and so that edification, the sharing of truth Uh, praising Uh, a word of praise goes a long way it goes a long way You know, that that is showing fervent charity. That kindness, that care, that concern. That looking at somebody and saying, how are you doing? That Not that passing, hey, how are you doing? I don't really want to know. I don't have time for you to tell me. We all do that trying to be gracious, but at the same time we've got somebody else, somewhere else we're supposed to be. But when you really stop and you ask somebody, hey, how are are you guys doing? You sense a need that they have and you take time to talk to them about it. Maybe it's walking up to somebody and say, hey, I just want you to know I've been praying for you. I know you've been going through a lot. And that, that That just shows love it shows that care maybe maybe you walk up to someone who has small children and you tell them man I saw your child do something good you know what they always hear when they do something bad Maybe, maybe you're working in the nursery and, and there's one child or two children that uh, fight all the time. And you know what, that mama, she doesn't want to hear again that there was a fight. Maybe it's, man, they did really good tonight. They had to have for a period. But sometimes those little things are wins. And those little wins add up. You know, we don't have to be, we don't have to be so brutal. Some of us whose children are grown, it's easy to forget how our kids acted. You know, it's the the statement, the older I get, the better I was. And we don't remember all of those events. Cut some people some slack. You know, just just showing fervent charity, just loving on people, being a good steward of our words. Uh, it is so important. Maybe a, a violin special or uh, a, a piano special uh, it was such a blessing. Uh, maybe somebody, you, you saw somebody and they did something for you or, or you just, you were blessed by something that somebody else did. Communicate that to them. Uh, just be uh, showing that, that love, that care, uh, that appreciation. First Peter 4, 8, Above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. I read a, a story about a, a, a missionary, and, and as this man went and was on the mission field, a very committed missionary, uh, he was, uh, came back on furlough. And when he came back on furlough, they asked him, whatever drove you to the mission field and this man said i was making a hospital visit and when i was called to this hospital i was called into the room of a of a woman who whose husband had taken an oil lamp a lit oil lamp and had attacked her with it and she was burned completely he was called into the room and, and, and this woman was not going to make it. They brought the husband in. Everybody knew what had happened. They had brought the police in and the, the police officer was there and he was trying to get her to give a statement about the husband. And this lady looked up and she looked at the hands of her husband all the way up to his eyes and then looked back over to that officer and said, it was an accident. Now, this missionary said, I saw forgiveness that was unparalleled to any kind of forgiveness that I'd ever seen. And when we think about that story, we think, I want want vengeance. I want justice. But you know what God has done for us? He looks at us as the soldiers that pounded those, those spikes in the Savior's hand. The one that took that cat of nine tails across the Savior's back. The mob that was yelling, crucify him, crucify him that bitter cup that was the sin of mankind. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. And here this missionary said, when I saw that kind of forgiveness, how could I not serve the Savior? Now, When we think about charitableness, I wonder if we are only charitable for those people that we like. We're fine giving compliments to somebody that's in my circle, but what about the others? You see, see when we think about uh, when we think about this, uh, Grenfell, the missionary uh, Winfred Gr- Grenfell, he said this was like God, and God is like that. He he loves and sees us through our sins. And you know, with that, you and I, we need to have charity. We need to have charity uh, among. So, the aware of stewardship. Uh, number one, charity uh, with one another. Two with our church, stewardship with our church. Now, uh, when we think about uh, 1 Corinthians sixteen, uh, verses one and two, and I mentioned these verses earlier. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no uh, gatherings when I come. You know, this was a church offering for needed believers in Jerusalem. Uh, but the offerings, what was it? Uh, the churches would take up the offerings. You saw it. Uh, in so many different uh, examples in Scripture, uh, but church offerings. And the particular offering was for impoverished Jewish believers in Jerusalem, but the need had pre- been pre- presented, uh, pledges had been made, and the collection then was taken up. You know, our giving is not just based out of our abundance. Our giving is based uh, by the Lord's example. Second uh, Corinthians 8 uh, nine through fifteen. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sel- our sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich, and herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have uh, begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward. A year ago, uh, now therefore, perform the doing of it. That as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For if there be first a willing mind, is it ex- it is accepted according. To that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased, and ye burden, but by by an equality that now at this time your abundance may be supply for their want, and their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. Uh, As it is written, He that had gathered much had nothing left over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. So all through Scripture, what do we find? We just find that there is a generosity within the church to meet needs that are there. And the ministry needs. Uh, the ministry needs for within the body, the ministry needs uh, for the believers, the ministry needs for getting uh, the commission uh, fulfilled. And we see that those offerings uh, with, with rich, we see it with poor. Uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44, we see how the Lord was uh, standing there at the offering box and watching the widow uh, watching the rich put in, put in their, their offering. And what was that? Uh, that was to fulfill a mission. It was to fulfill the commission. And our giving to the Lord is to support His work, is to, to support His cause. It is, it is about uh, His cause. You know, our commitments, our sacrifices, our offerings uh, in our giving should not be motivated out of guilt, but out of love. You know, we talk about the tithes and the offerings. Well, the tithes and the offerings, that's just the basis. That's just the bottom shelf. That's not the target. As a believer, why would 10% be the maximum that we would want to give God? If, if I went home and I started talking to Deb and I said, you know what, honey, I, I think I'm just going to give you a small percentage of my life. I don't think she would be okay with that. Why would God be okay with that? See, the Lord, He doesn't just want a piece of us. He wants all of us. The good, the bad, and the ugly. He wants all of us. And so here, when our commitments and sacrifice, uh, they should be motivated out of love. Uh, so we should give because we love the Lord. That's why we should give. We should live. We should give because we love the Lord. We should give because we love the Lord. Man, we're just going to stay here forever. We we give because we love the Lord, Amen. We we should. That's that's why we should give. It should be because we love the Lord. I should give my tithes and offerings because I love the Lord. I should give to missions uh, because I love the Lord uh, and the cause of Christ. I should give to a building program. Why? Because I love the Lord and the mission that the church is committed to. Why am I going to give? Why am I I going to give offerings? Why would that come? Because I love the Lord. That is the motivation for what we do. if everything is His, then it's supposed to be used for His purposes. We get to live off of it. We get to use it. But the motivation is there. You know, the mission of the church, sharing the gospel, uh, of seeing people saved, uh, of educating, uh, edifying believers, encouraging people. Uh, we, should be, we should be committed to that mission. And our giving supports that so we can accomplish it. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 5, uh, he says, Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the, the brethren that they would go before you and make up beforehand your bounty, uh, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. Now, when he's talking about the bounty here, he is talking, it's the word sharing. It's, it's the word it's just talking about an offering. It's not talking that they had this, all this money sitting around somewhere that they knew nothing, what they could do with it, and so that bounty was what they were going to give God, just out of their abundance. That's not what it's talking about at all. He's just talking about an offering, and he was wanting people to be prepared for that. Verse 6, but this I say, he would soweth sparingly, shall reap also sparingly, and he would soweth bountifully, shall reap also bountifully. Every man a According as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Amen. God loves a cheerful giver. You know what? If, if, we were, if, you, were a, if you were collecting rent, and let's say that as you're collecting rent, they, they bring the rent in, but they're not happy. Maybe they're happy, but they don't bring the rent in. You know, the joy, the joy of, you still want the rent, regardless whether they're happy about it or not. But God loveth a cheerful giver. And He doesn't say that He doesn't want you to give if you're not happy. He's just telling us our motivations. Why is it that we are doing it? It ought to be out of a heart of love. And and so uh, the Bible tells us then that God is able to make all grace abound uh, towards you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. So so in our giving, God is saying, listen, you sow, you you give, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that you are abounding. Why? So you can continue to do so. So when uh, are aware of stewardship? It's charity. It's among everybody. It's among the people that come across our paths. Uh, Where is it? It's a church, Uh, the assembly of the believers, the place where uh, the ministry, the mission is going forth. Uh, But then it's also just directly to the Christian itself. Galatians 6, verses 4 to 10, the Bible says, "...but let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another." For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And as we therefore, as we have therefore opportunity let us do good unto all men especially unto them who are of the household of faith especially unto them who are of the household of faith you and i are supposed to be loving to everybody but let me tell you we are to be uh, charitable and a good steward especially towards those that are believers You see, stewardship, uh, here we are to be a good steward. Uh, Let us not be weary in that well-doing. You know, when you you think about ministry, and you think, okay, well, when this project is over, then we're going to let down. Is that a reality? Is that what you want? There are a lot of churches that have done a lot of things and then let down. You know, when we think about, if we're not careful, we're looking for an out. And God says, don't be weary in well doing. Uh, So the end of all things, 1 Peter 4 7, is at hand. And because of that, be sober. Watch unto uh, prayer. So don't get weary of well-doing. Don't get weary in our well-doing. Don't get weary in our stewardship. Uh, stewardship, uh, the charity for love's sake, for the church, uh, the ministry, the mission, the message, uh, the, the tithes, the offerings, those sacrificial uh, support. Uh, what is that? It's an investment in eternity. The return on investment is eternal. And so uh, this week we had out soul winning. Uh, we got to see a 16-year-old saved. Last week out soul winning, we got to see some people saved. Uh, and week after week after week, whether or not somebody walks the aisle at church or not, people are getting saved. You know what? That is the mission of the church. Maybe it wasn't you that got to open up the Word of God and share the good news. Uh, but but the support, the, the mission that's going on right here, it's continually going out of uh, the missionaries that are around the world that are seeing people say churches that are being planted Bible college that are being that are investing in uh, people for the the work of the ministry uh, all of that is continuing we we just see a small sliver of what's going on but but the ministry and the work of the ministry is going forward uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ and we are a part of that uh, you know what the, the needs will never go away And if the need goes away, there's a problem. Recently, I just heard about, I read an article and and the church took up an offering. And the pastor got up and said, we're going to take an offering. And they don't normally take an offering. I can't imagine a church not taking an offering. But this church must have had some endowments or something. But he said, this year we're already 100000 above budget. We don't need the offering, but we want you to, to give because you need to give. And the reality is, no matter what the budget is or the bank account is, the giving of the offerings, uh, they need to be given because we need to give. And it sounded like it was a larger church, I don't know, but he took up the offering. And when he took up that offering, he then had the money come back up forward. And then he passed the offering plates back out and said, if you need anything out of that, take it. You know, think about that. That could be pretty amazing. Now, I have no idea who would take out. but there are people that do have needs. And if a church is in a financial position to be able to do something like that, that's amazing. That's amazing. But most churches are not in that kind of a condition. You know what happens? God's people... They they live their life, they're faithful. And then they leave an endowment to a school. They leave an endowment to a college. They leave an endowment to a hospital, to a library. And God's people, the church, just keeps on struggling, struggling, struggling. Now, I I I don't know where we are at But what I do know is our our giving to the Lord, our stewardship, it affects our whole life. All the way up to death. And when we think about stewardship, the wear of stewardship, it, it is impacting the the individuals it is a pack, impacting a ministry. Uh, you have uh, charity among uh, those that are around us. We have the church, and then we have just the Christians and trying to care one for another. Uh, and and the mission, uh, just getting people saved. But but when we think about this, uh, the the uh, uh, the giving and the stewardship, uh, we 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 need to stop and think: Where am I in my stewardship journey? Where am I? Am am I a steward that is looking out for what God would want me to do? You know what? If we are following God, what God would want us to do, that's the goal. It's not ours. It belongs to Him. So, so as a Christian, we should be. We should be loving one another. We should be caring about the mission uh, of the, the ministry, of the church. But but there are a lot of aspects about this, this charity, this love, this stewardship in our words, in our our care for one another, and then of course our offerings within the ministry. Galatians 6.10, he says, As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Uh, And I wrote this down. Our care for the stranger should not exceed our care for the saint. Our care for the stranger should not exceed our care for the saint. You know, sometimes we will have grace and care for somebody that we don't know. They'll walk through the doors and they'll be broken and we will love them and care about them. But maybe one of our own get away from the Lord and they're broken. and They come back. Do we receive them back? Is there that love? Is there that care? Stewardship. It's a whole life event. It's not an offering time event. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness to us. And help us, Lord, to be the stewards you'd want us to be in every aspect of our lives. And so I pray that you'd just lead and guide. Help us, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as the instruments play. Lord spoke to your heart tonight. You respond. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc the number 4me.org. May God bless you.